Hello and welcome to our podcast series created by us here at Broadsword called Be Listening. Today we have an extremely exciting episode. We're here in person filming and today's guest has let us set up in the middle of their store in London. Laura Willoughby, thank you so much for having us today. You're welcome. Can you tell us more about yourself and how you started Club Soda? Well, so Club Soda has been going since 2015. I set it up because I wanted to create something a bit like Weight Watchers, but with booze. Um, but very quickly, people said to me, oh, well, there's no good options to drink in a pub or bar. And like it or not, I'm a natural campaigner. So we started to do some research around why pubs weren't a bit nicer to their non-drinking customers. And that led us into a world of alcohol-free, which there wasn't very much of in 2015. You might have been able to get one alcohol-free beer in a pub. But now um, it's been an explosion of alcohol-free drinks. So we've been running festivals for some time. And now we've set up a permanent location here in Covent Garden. And between you and me, it's opposite the pub I had my last drink in, which is really spooky, right? So, oh, that is quite spooky. Yeah. Why do you feel events organisers should think about including non-alcoholic drinks at events? What event experiences can Club Soda offer? So um, I believe very strongly, and we're a social impact business, so this is what we're always working towards, is that every single social occasion should feel equal for everybody. You should all have the same experience, whether you're drinking or not. We're a very alcoholcentric country, and we often forget that there'll be people not drinking, um, and that that those people get a very different experience when they go out. So for example, have you ever been to an event where you go and everyone's getting a nice glass of wine on a tray? And then if you're not drinking, you have to go and find yourself the warm jug of concentrated orange juice at the back of the room. That's not hospitality, right? Why does that happen? As Club Soda, we're now beginning to expand our range of services. So we can help pubs, bars, restaurants, event organizers think through the choices that they offer at an event how to have conversations with your caterers, which isn't always easy because wholesalers are the big gatekeepers of what's available for an event. And at the minute, they need to do a little bit more work to up their game. So I do know that it's really frustrating. So we can do that bit of work, supporting and helping. We also have an amazing head of creative here who can design cocktails. And most importantly, if you don't understand this space yet and don't really know what it is that I'm on about, you can come to this store. It's called a tasting room for a reason, which means that we've always got something open. You can come and try, speak to our very knowledgeable staff and begin to understand how you can make sure that you can create an equality of experience for everybody. How does one make non-alcoholic drinks exciting? What would you say to someone who kind of needs that convincing? Let me just say, how do you make alcohol-free drinks exciting? Well, you just make them feel like they're the same as everyone else. So, you know, there are really important things about um, going out and socialising. First of all, you want to feel that the drink you have is a reward. It's not the thing that you've been drinking all day in order to hydrate. So it's not a half pint of Coke from a hose, you know, because I'm not 12. I'm not going to wait in the car park for my dad. Um, so the the the... The drink has to fit the occasion. So if you're serving sparkling wine, then serve an alcohol-free sparkling wine. If you're serving beer, serve an alcohol-free beer. If you've got alcoholic cocktails, you can make an amazing alcohol-free cocktail. And by the way, that's very different to a mocktail. A mocktail is some juices mixed together, often with some very terrible watery ice. Alcohol-free cocktail is made with an alcohol-free spirit and made in exactly the same way as another cocktail. Um, and then you want to make sure that you present those things in the same way as you would do alcohol. And that also then does the other important thing in an alcohol-free drink, which it creates social inclusion. 
Now, people are socially anxious. They want to feel like they're the same as everybody else. And so what you have in every single drink here is uh, the feeling of social inclusion, that people feel that if they've got it in a glass that looks exactly the same, it's an adult taste, it's a drink that's got natural speed humps that slow you down from drinking, it feels adult and not something you would have had, you'd also give to your kids during the day. So if you make sure that your drinks have all of those components, then everybody will feel fully included in the occasion. I would also always say that you should always have a really good low sugar craft soda. Um, because there are people who don't drink for religious reasons and for some the taste of an adult alcohol-free drink that maybe replicates something that was an alcoholic drink might not be for them. It's also worth saying that if you've got a really good alcohol-free drink on your range when you're doing an event, more people will pick it without a doubt. So this isn't about spending more on drinks, this is about using more of your overall drinks budget towards alcohol-free drinks. Um, so a good alcohol-free drink presented well goes down amazingly. And if you need any more convincing, it's important to know that this isn't about the 4 million people in the UK who are alcohol-free like me, although we are important and I'm very noisy, so you'd always want to make sure that you've got a good drink for me at an event. But it's about the 25 million people who are cutting down their drinking. 60% or so of people are cutting down what they drink. They would really appreciate an alcohol-free option when they go out. They often feel that they're forced to hold a drink or have a drink when they didn't really want one. So providing choice and a tasty choice and a choice that means that they don't stand out from the crowd means that more people will pick it. So we do need to rethink our thinking. You know, you might have often gone to a big gala event where it's half a bottle of wine and a three-course meal, which is the set thing. And if you're not drinking, you have to go and find yourself um, a drink at another bar and pay for it yourself. That shouldn't happen anymore, right? Because most people are trying to moderate. Some people will be driving on the way home. There's loads of people running marathons now, right? They want to get up for training tomorrow. So you need to make sure there's choice for everybody, that everybody has the option to pace, that nobody feels that they're feeling pressured to drink and that asking for an alcohol-free drink is seen as normal. If we can get to that point in a society, then it means that that social pressure that we all feel isn't there and everybody will have equally a good time. So I think that's a really convincing and compelling argument and I think that having a look at your range whenever you do an event is an important part of your planning. Is it true that you can have kind of mood boosters in drinks that don't have alcohol in them? Yeah, so there's definitely a new category of alcohol-free drinks coming, which um, I've called mood-enhancing drinks in this uh, in this store. But basically, um, drinks that have aptogenics or different herbs that elevate or create a different mood. So you've got things like Three Spirit, which um, has got different herbs in that create either a their livener, their social elixir, or their nightcap, which is one of my favourites. It's a beautiful evening drink full of things that help you go to sleep. You've also got some stuff like Sentia, which is um, developed by Professor David nut. Um, this is designed to stimulate your GABA receptors in a similar way to your first drink, but no more. Um, so this area is evolving. There's also, you know, beers with aptogenic mushrooms in and all sorts of other nootropics and CBD. Now, they're a little bit more niche and I suspect um, not good for a general event where people um, might not want, you, you know, people might want to choose to have those things. But yes, it's definitely a growth sector and it's really interesting. Can you tell us more about Club Soda's journey to a B Corp status and how you achieved it? Oh gosh, I mean if you ever talk to anybody who's done B Corp, right, they'll go, 
just took a long time and it was a lot of filling in forms and I wanted to do it from the very beginning when Club Soda was you know believe it or not we started as a tech business here we are in bricks and mortar I think you know I'm breaking the mold really well all right um but um we we always want to go for B Corp we are funded by Bethnal Green Ventures which is um, a tech for good accelerator. So we were on their program at the very beginning. We always wanted to go for B Corp. It took us a long time to be able to afford to do it and to also fill in the paperwork. Um, actually, we're quite a different business uh, now that we've opened bricks and mortar to what we applied for. So I think reapplying is going to be really interesting. But I will always recommend that businesses do it. It's um, a very good standard for you to be able to know that you're looking after a whole variety of things around people, planet. Um, and all sorts of other good uh, business for good um, metrics and it gives you an ability to improve year on year so it's not you know you're not either it or not it's something that you can progress in and get a good score on and increase and improve that score so I highly recommend people do it before I ran Club Soda I was running a bank switching campaign to get people to work uh, to move to more ethical banking so those kind of scorecards are very much um, something that I think is a really good thing to be able to do and it embeds some really good business practices for you so again it's definitely worth you looking at if you're a business. What advice would you give to people out there who want to start mindful drinking? So what I'd say this, it's not binary. You don't have to either be not drinking or drinking. Um, you want to think about how relationship fits into your life and where it is that you want to be in your life or your career and where alcohol fits into that. So think about the, the people, the places, um, the type of drink that you like the most and who you like drinking with the most. And maybe save drinking for a special occasion rather than that absent-minded daily drinking because that's really where it begins to um, uh, tot up and where you might not realise how much, you know, a couple of glasses of wine every evening is affecting both your energy levels and your performance and your fitness and your weight and all those things the following day. So... Try and save drinking for best, really, for the drink you like the most in the place that you like, the people you like drinking with, and knock the rest on the head. Um, now, that's a suggestion, not a, a, a command. I don't do those things. But there are lots of ways that you can integrate mindful drinking into your life. You can take days off and, like, save Sunday to Thursday for not drinking. You can also start your evening with an alcohol-free drink, which I highly recommend, because in Britain, we've been taught to stay at events that we're not enjoying by drinking. I mean, it's, it's classically British, isn't it? So, you know, oh God, this is terrible, so I'm just going to drink more. So I give everybody permission to go home if you're not enjoying yourself. And maybe that means that you won't write off your weekend by having a hangover. If you start your evening with two alcohol-free drinks, you can make decisions about whether this is a place that you want to stay um, and people that you want to stay and drink with or whether you would rather go home. So there's all sorts of ways that you can in integrate mindful drinking into your life and also encourage other people to do that. It's amazing how boozy the workplace can be. You know, the law sector talks about how they're expected to entertain clients at lunchtime with alcohol. And then I speak to the clients who go, oh, our lawyers expect us to drink at lunchtime with alcohol. So maybe it's about time we all had an honest conversation about the fact that, you know, people now value their personal time very highly. Rather than evenings out, spending four hours drinking and eating, people might want to spend time at home with their family instead. So we can rethink how we do business socialising so that we, we tailor that around the people that we're with. 
some people might want to go home and you know do some exercise or spend time with their family and some people may love to go out for a four-hour boozy dinner but we shouldn't always assume that everybody wants to do the same and for me it's also about diversity in the workplace you've got huge numbers of staff who don't drink who just absent themselves from social events altogether and that's that's not on right so we should be making sure that everybody feels welcome that everybody has a choice when there's a social event and that you tell people that as well so that they can choose to come because we never notice the people that aren't there once we've started drinking and so we we need to maybe rethink how we um how we communicate and how we entertain Talk us through what we have over here. Oh yeah, would would you like a taste? I would love a taste. Oh yeah, always. So um, we've got a mixture of alcohol-free spirits and some some things in cans. So um, I'm going to give you something to taste. So first of all, this is Everleaf. Mm-hmm. Everleaf is a bittersweet aperitif made by London uh, bartender and bar owner Paul Matthew. I'm going to open up some double Dutch and give you some to try. So this is um, if you ever need anything really simple for an event. A really good bittersweet um, aperitif, so you know that Aperol style drink, topped up um, with some tonic is a perfect spritz. And that's all you need to do, right? To create something sophisticated with some complexity, some deep flavours. So give that a go. Oh, you can smell mm. orangey, zesty, bit of gentian root, bit of vanilla in there. Give it a try. So you can imagine, it's not something you're going to drink really quickly, it's very sippable, so it's got those speed humps. And again, so it's a really simple spritz, just like you would do anything like an Aperol or anything like that. Um, and so that's really simple, and that's better than a really awful you know, mocktail made with different juices. It's sophisticated and it's elegant. Yeah, it looks great. It tastes great. Yeah. And I really feel like I would be included in kind of a social gathering as well. Yeah, so a nice big glass topped full of ice. You can see how that would work. Um, And then you can go to the beers. So Lucky Saint is um, probably one of the biggest selling alcohol-free only beer brands in the country. Um, It's a um, unfiltered um, lager. Um, You can buy this in every supermarket. You can buy it in Tesco's and um, on a Cardo. And I think it's just um, beautiful. There we are. Let me give you that one. And I'll take this one. It's also available on draft in 600 pubs. So, you know, if you've got a venue that that has a draft line, definitely swap one of those alcohol ones out and put a good alcohol free in. You wouldn't know the difference, right? Yeah. It's a really, really good beer. Very nice. What else would you like to try? There's something lingering here that's like a dark red that's very intriguing. I know. So you were asking about mood enhancers, right? Oh, I'm, I'm being very threatening with a bottle opener. <laughs> I won't do that. So um, <clears throat> if I was to talk to you a little bit about um, spritzes, the Credino um, is very popular. It's, um, it um, has been around for ages. And in fact, when I gave up drinking, this was the only drink available. Again, this can be spritzed really easily. Um, and you'll find that on a lot of wholesalers right now. So um, if uh, just like the... Um, the Everleaf, you can spritz that. But this is Sentia, so this is a mood-enhancing spirit. Um, it's um, really uh, beautiful. It's sort of sweet and aromatic and herbally. We um, we make a spagliato with it here in the, the bar, and uh, 
we use their black, which is a very much more deeper, licorice and spicy one to make a, a, a sort of a twist on a bramble. So it's a great cocktail ingredient. People are always very interested about it, but give that a go. Again, you can simply spritz all of these. That's very interesting. Yeah. I love it. And again, it's not a replica of something you've ever tasted before. It's its own thing. So this isn't always about replicating a gin or a whiskey, although there are plenty of those. Sometimes it's about creating a brand new drink um, from something. It's a lot better than orange juice, I'll say that. It's not hard. 30p carton of orange juice. I mean, what, what a lovely experience. Um, and then we've got other things here. So I talked about the Crudino, but Bemuse here is... Um, a honey-based drink. It's an alcohol-free mead. Um, this goes down very well because it's um, slightly sweeter. And again, it's in a can, so you can you can order these, and they will do for several events. This isn't about you know stuff that's going to run out. Um, or we've got dry dragon here, which is um, uh, a uh, fermented tea. Um, so again, if people don't ever like the taste of alcohol, you can. This comes in a cork and cage bottle. It's one of my favourite drinks, and again, looks wonderful in a champagne flute. And there's tons of alcohol-free sparkling wines, of which I haven't put any on the table, which is really bad. We'll have some later. <laughs> but they, they look incredible as well. Like, if you saw this next to a normal bottle of wine and everything, it looks beautiful. Yeah, and you shouldn't hide it away. You should present it equally. You know, if, if you are doing trays of drinks when people come in, make sure there's a tray of alcohol-free drinks as well. And make sure it's clearly labelled, because if it looks like alcohol, people will still think it's alcohol right now. And it's still in that period where alcohol-free um, people need to learn about. But um, so make sure you... you you make it clear but I I get very upset if I turn up to an event and I have to go off and find my own drink that's not the way it should be we shouldn't be presenting people alcohol and only alcohol first at a social event we should assume that people want to make a choice and want to make their own decision so where can people find you so you can find us physically on 39 Drury Lane in Covent Garden we're open late on a Thursday Friday and Saturday for cocktails but come in any time seven days a week come and try stuff uh, you can find us on joinclubsoda.com or at joinclubsoda thank you again laura for having us here today learning about b corp learning about club soda and just also learning about mindful drinking you're welcome if you'd like to see similar content to this follow us on broadsword event house thanks again for coming and listening and see you on the next one <laughs>